feel like sometimes life is really mental. Dude, that's actually a really good name for a podcast. <laughs> Even when you lose all hope, you go deeper than you've gone. Hold on till you can't no more. Truly, like your own expectation of yourself is the only thing. It's not things that other people are trying to hold you to. It's, it's often mostly just internal. Hey everyone, welcome back to Really Mental, where we want you to know no matter who you are, you're not alone. I just want to remind you guys, if you're enjoying this, please send it to a friend and follow us on our socials on Instagram at Really Mental Podcast and on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts, please give us a five-star rating. And today we're welcomed with Salem Elise, who is an amazing singer-songwriter, and we're going to be talking about fear and relationships, which is going to be really interesting. And I wanted to ask you, Will, straight off the bat, has there ever been a time where you felt like you took a risk? Definitely. I mean, I think I was always more inclined to taking risks as a kid. For instance, when I was 13, 14, I started a DJ business. Then I also started like a promotional company on SoundCloud. So I was always very interested in sort of doing things that are a bit outside the box and, and around music. And obviously I ended up becoming a musician, which in itself is a risk. And there's, you know, lots of uncertainty with that type of career path. So I think with that, really going through a journey of figuring out what it means to be confident in my eyes, I think there's a big difference between that and arrogance. Confidence is knowing that even though you don't have all the answers for what's to come, you're going to give it your best and you're still going to move through it and do it. And so that's always been sort of my philosophy around trialing things and deciding to become a musician, which has led me here. And yeah, I'm really excited today to hear about Salem's journey because I know she did drop out of school, of university to pursue music. So I'm sure she has a similar sort of thoughts around it. I'm excited to hear that, but definitely taking this leap of faith has taught me a lot about myself. And I do recommend to everyone to follow your heart and your passion. That doesn't necessarily mean giving up the things that help you survive and maybe give you money in the short term. But if you can, definitely start trying to make your passion a career as well. Hopefully you find this episode inspiring because Salem is a person who has done that. So with that in mind, we're going to welcome the amazing, the wonderful, the beautiful Salem Elise to the podcast. Hey everyone, just want to let you know that we have an Amazon AMP show with amazing guests every week similar to the podcast. It's going to be at 7pm PT and 10pm ET. So go download the Amazon AMP app and we'll see you there. Well, everyone, we have a very special guest today. We have Salem Elise from California. She's a singer-songwriter and she has amazing music. And we're very excited today to talk about self-expectations with society and relationships. Salem, how are you? Thank you guys for the lovely intro. I'm doing good. It's about 9am my time. I'm a morning person, so I'm stoked to be here. I know it's about 2am for you guys, so I really appreciate it. Does that make us morning people? Because technically, we're out <laughs> the earliest. Okay, that's a good question. When do you consider it morning? I feel like 4.30 and later is morning, but anything before that is still nighttime. I think if you're waking up at 2am and you're not a night shift worker, then sums up. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that just sounds awful. I'm so sorry. But thanks for, thanks for being here. <laughs> of course. Thank you. It's totally worth it because we love your music, especially, of course, 
mad at Disney. I do have to say, before we get into it, I love Coke and Mentos. Like, I think that's a smash and I'm waiting for it to pop off, pardon the pun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're going to get into your music and everything. But just first of all, how's your mental health been recently? Recently, it's good. Recently, I took a little vacation. It was more of a staycation where my family came out from San Francisco to LA and we just kind of relaxed for a full week. I really needed that because I was feeling a bit burnt out for a while there. But yeah, I feel like nice and rejuvenated at the moment. How are you guys? Being a musician, I'm in the studio a lot. So that's an environment that sort of supports that lifestyle of just sort of being in your own world. I've found value in relationships now. And so I now see the importance of them. I've realized how important it is for me to see like my best friend and my friends and just have that conversation with them literally about anything. And I just feel reset. Salem, is that the same for you? Definitely. Yeah. I'm also pretty introverted by nature. I've always needed to recharge my introvert batteries after a social interaction. I also suffer from like pretty bad social anxiety in most situations. Not if it's like, you know, my close friends, but I'm pretty like, I'm still, you know, very much working on meeting new people and just kind of being open with people that I'm not super tight with already. But yeah, because of quarantine, I feel like now I say yes to more things. If my friend's like, hey, do you want to come over? I'm always like, yes, because I took it for granted for so long. And also I feel like when I'm with my friends now, I'm not on my phone. My phone is like very far away. I'm super attentive. You know, we have deeper conversations and yeah, COVID just like really shed such a new light on what it means to just be with people. I'm interested with the working through the social anxiety thing because I experienced that a lot for sure. And I think my anxiety's just changed now. What does that look like for you working through that? Because everyone has their own journey. It's so interesting. I feel like I've always described myself as a shy person you know, just going up to someone and saying hello to a stranger just has never come easily to me. And, you know, this industry is so social. So I feel like I've been definitely thrown into a lot of situations where, you know, I feel like I should be mingling and walking around and introducing myself and just, you know, being charismatic. But that's definitely not second nature for me. I'm usually more of like a wallflower in social settings, especially when I'm not surrounded by people I'm super comfortable with. I think sessions have actually really, really helped that for me. Because I dropped out of college after two years, moved out here when I was 19. And I was really anxious about having too much free time on my hands because I work best when I'm super busy. So I basically reached out to absolutely everyone I could, Instagram DM'd producers and stuff, and tried to book a session or two every single day, which led to me being burned out because I was doing like double sessions seven days a week, which was just not sustainable. Through that, I feel like I really had to get my um, social interaction skills on at all times because I was just going to a stranger's house and writing a song with them for five hours and going to another stranger's house. So I feel like that kind of forced me to, you know, overcome my fear a tiny bit. What made you want to drop out and take that big leap of faith? (laughs) The honest answer would be, I'm from California and I went to school in Boston and I could not go through another winter there because it was freezing. (laughs) I felt like I got what I wanted to get out of music school and I kind of felt myself almost getting desensitized to the emotion and the feeling aspect of songwriting because I'd be in a room and I'd be thinking so critically about everything. And I didn't want to look at it as, you know, a science. I still like romanticizing the art of songwriting a bit and like, you know, having that ability to really write from the heart as opposed to just from the head. 
opens up a whole scroll of stuff you want to do now. Exactly. Yeah. Cause it's like, you kind of think, you know, there's that like belief and mindset drilled into a lot of us being like, you need to graduate. You need to go to school for four years and like get that degree, walk, you know, in your cap and gown and everything. And that was always kind of, you know, the default, but having that option to leave on the table was really good for me. Cause I was like, yeah, that's definitely what's going to make me happy. And I definitely don't regret it. I'm a lot happier here than I was in school. What was going through your head? Like, were you scared? Were you like, I'm going to have so much success when I leave? How did you feel? Yeah, I was terrified. Definitely. Especially for the schedule thing. Cause I was like, Oh, what if I have nothing to do? What if it doesn't happen for me? You know, what if I'm just one of those people that drops out, moves to LA and then like just gives up. It's daunting. I did adjust pretty quickly and I'm really grateful to have moved out with a good support group. Like I immediately moved in with my boyfriend and our friend Cameron from school. So I had, you know, that nice core group of people around me all the time. What's the hardest thing about moving out? What was something that you didn't expect that was just hard? Honestly, missing Boston was a big one or just missing like the college feel. Every friend that I had, basically, I could walk to within five minutes. And there was just like so many people around me at all times. Everyone was so accessible at all times. And everyone was so like-minded. And like everyone I was surrounded by was like a 19-year-old musician also. Something you said before that caught my attention was you said you work really hard. You like to be busy all the time. How did you establish that type of work ethic? I think I realized that... If I don't fill my schedule, then I will be lazy. (laughs) It kind of comes from like the fear of being lazy. And like, I know that I have a tendency if I have nothing to do, to do nothing. To counteract that, I try and not give myself those opportunities unless I really need them. Because of this theory where I need to be busy throughout the week, if someone cancels on me, I kind of have a bit of a panic because I'm like, oh no. I have to be responsible for being productive today. Like no one's going to tell me what to do. And like, there's no obligation I have to do anything. And that scares me because then then I'm like, oh no, what if I just don't do anything? Quarantine made that very challenging because there is lots of opportunity to do absolutely nothing. And I had to kind of push myself at times to be like, okay, so you're going to be productive on your own. And Zoom sessions definitely helped with that because I would schedule, you know, Zoom sessions five days a week as if I would real sessions, Um, but they're pretty quick. So I'd be done in three hours and be like, "Eh, I have to fill my time. So I kind of tried to, you know, start doing hobbies. I tried painting, didn't go well, tried cooking, learned a little bit about that, just like random things here and there. And now I feel like I've, you know, gotten that under control a bit. But yeah, that's kind of the, it stems from insecurity, honestly, making myself busy all the time. (laughs) I got a dog over quarantine. Oh, what type of dog? A Catan de Tulier, getting a dog in quarantine. It was great. And also, I was so not prepared. He ended up being ready to pick up the week that Meta Disney was like blowing up. And I had interviews at like 7 a.m., 8 a.m., like just all day busy and had to, it was basically the busiest I've ever been. And then the day that it got on today's top hits, our dog was ready. And we were like, oh my God, how (laughs) are we going to train this puppy? It was the best week of my life, but also I slept on the floor, got two hours of sleep and I, it was like full chaos that fully changed my life. I think that was the biggest event that occurred in quarantine was definitely becoming a dog mom. I'm all for getting a dog. It is the best thing ever, but it's so much work. (laughs) Salem, I do really want to 
delve into that period of your life. Can you talk us through those moments? Was that a surprise for you? Or did you feel like finally this hard work's paying off? Both, actually. It was definitely a shock. I had never imagined that happening in a million years. My song, Mad at Disney, blew up on TikTok. I had signed a deal with a record label called Homemade Projects through 10K. It blew up the first week that we signed. And I signed on my 21st birthday, which was also just so surreal and the best timing ever. But it was also the most strict part of lockdown that all this was happening. So part of me was like, oh my God, I can't believe this. This is my dreams coming true. This is insane. Another part of me was like, a weight has been lifted off my shoulders because, you know, there's just this pressure for something like that to happen as a musician always. And you're just kind of waiting for the moment. And I feel like a lot of it is pure luck. And then the other part of it is being ready for when the luck happens. The other part of me was like, oh my God, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. This is fully just the worst thing that's ever happened to the world. Like I had never seen anything like it. So there was this like weird, almost guilt kind of to really appreciate it and be content and appreciative because I was sitting here like wow I feel guilty feeling so excited and so happy when the world is going through such an awful thing just that existential dread was kind of also right there so it was it's a whole lot of emotions and I was experiencing all of it from my living room like literally it all happened on my phone so I also kind of couldn't believe it usually you know when something blows up you get to play a show, you go outside, maybe some people recognize you, you get to do meet and greets. But for me, it was really just all through social media and all online, 100% for the first few months, really. How did you deal with that? I really don't know. I mean, I just tried to take it day by day and just be, you know, as present as possible and just be grateful for everything. It was definitely like an absolute period of elation, just kind of watching the the numbers and stuff go up on your phone. Cause like there's such serotonin in that. And it's like such instant gratification that that definitely kept my mood pretty high for definitely a few weeks. Just being like, Oh my God, I've never received this much love from strangers before. This is such a foreign feeling to me. And I remember the first day one of my TikToks kind of blew up. Um, my parents and I just kept sending each other screenshots, the numbers. Yeah. And also it was like suddenly a new workload had been bestowed upon me of being an artist. But then I realized I was like, wow, being an artist is not just singing anymore. It's it's like being a comedian, a video editor, a videographer, a model, a hair and makeup artist, a dancer, an actor. Like it's a whole another thing. And singing almost felt like it was the least important thing sometimes, which made me a little sad. I had to adapt really quick to a new skill set of social media. I had to start asking myself things like, what does my brand look like visually? What colors do I associate with my music? What brands do I want to work with and wear and represent? And what do I care about? What do I want to talk about publicly and, you know, stand behind as social issues? And it was just like this whole can of worms that I'd never really dove into before. But I'm grateful that I, you know, was able to have some introspective time in the pandemic to kind of do the work internally and decide those things for myself. Wow, I have so many questions. How do you feel the expectations change? Was there a change in, you know, the sort of pressure you felt? Definitely, especially with releases after Matt of Disney. That was such a fluke and such an incredible thing that happened. I'm definitely more cynical when it comes to things and especially, you know, with releases, I'm I'm pretty pessimistic. My theory is plan for the worst and the best will be pleasant surprise. 
what I would have looked at before as a total win numbers wise and things like that now would be like not meeting the bar that I accidentally set for myself. I think removing expectations is key. And I have this issue with social media and likes and engagement. If I remove the expectations, I can't be let down. Instead, I should put value in myself and just focus on what I'm doing instead of how that is reacting to people. That's so cool. Yeah. I love that way of looking at it. I feel like it's tough sometimes in the moment to do that though, especially when it's like so inbuilt within us. It's hard to remove that expectation, but I think changing the focus of like, what am I giving? I think if you make it about how can you like add to what's happening in the world, it makes it a lot easier. What do you reckon, Salem? Yeah, I think that's a great way to look at it. Also, I just find it so interesting. We're always very analytical of our own work and our own engagement and streams and things like that. I never sit there and look at someone else's photo and I'm like, they didn't get as many likes as the last one. Like, no one cares. Truly, like your own expectation of yourself is the only thing that you're fighting with. It's not the things that other people are trying to hold you to. It's it's often mostly just internal and kind of, you know, unpacking that and realizing that was really good for me. Yeah. Everyone just focuses on themselves at the end of the day. Yeah. And if you just remind yourself that no one actually cares about you that much. People only seem to really care and notice when things are doing well, which can be positive sometimes because then they won't notice when, you know, they're not doing as good. And I think with that, a lot of people always want to show the best case of themselves, especially social media and in life. Like people always want to show you what they want to be, but they don't always show you the problems they've actually got beneath that. This whole project that Will and I are doing was one of like a more, a bigger scale thing that we both wanted to do to just try and give people the opportunity and artists the opportunity to just speak about these things. But from a social media perspective, I think the way that I'm approaching it is just from a really raw, like, this is what I'm doing. You know what I mean? And I think people will either accept it or they won't. But at the end of the day, I can't control if they do. I'm just going to be saying it like, hey, I'm going through this. Like, I hope you guys are all okay as well. Like, feel free to always reach out and reach out to the people close to you and know that we're all in this together. That's so good that your team is encouraging that as well. I love that. So how does that change, Salem, when you get a successful song? How does your relationship change with social media? Does it? Oh, definitely. Yeah. The first week or so that Matt at Disney started really getting traction and people started realizing, oh, this is the girl behind the song. Like, you know, maybe we'll follow her. I remember my Instagram hit like 10K and I freaked out. I fully was like, oh my God, I can't handle this on my own. Like I need to hire a social media team or someone to like help me. Like I can't run this by myself. Obviously that has grown since then. That was only the first week. And it feels way less overwhelming now, but just like that first little taste of that, I felt immense guilt because I couldn't possibly respond to every person that was being nice to me. At the beginning, it was all love. Most of what I was seeing was love. Like it was sweet 14 year olds on TikTok, just supporting. And I just wanted to hug all of them and respond to everyone. And I would literally leave like three hours in my day to just respond to comments. Cause I was like, I need to get to everybody. Have you gotten hate before? And if so, how have you dealt with that? Definitely. Yeah. I feel like anyone that has, you know, a social media presence of any kind has gotten hate comments. 
And I've been definitely really lucky because my fans are super sweet and supportive. And like, yeah. you know, sometimes they'll like even kind of, you know, go at people. If they try and hate on me, which, you know, I'm grateful for. Don't want to start any fights. But yeah, no, I have like a really sweet core group of people that has just been showering me with love. And I love them so much. But of course, there's always the haters. It's never bothered me very much. Obviously, sometimes some comments will get to me, especially if they're like so off the cuff. And especially if it's something about something that I really, really care about. Everything in your body wants to defend it really bad and be like, no, actually, this took me like years to make. Like, Please don't say that. But I always (laughs) stop myself because I'm like, no, like if I react, then that will just, you know, put me in a worse position and fuel the fire and like encourage them because if people are hating, they just want to get some kind of reaction from it. But I will say the worst part about it for me is my parents read all my comments. So if anyone out there is listening to this and feels like hating on me, remember, I'm probably not going to see it because I don't tend to like I read my comments and, you know, look at the sweet ones. But if it's if I'm starting to read a hate comment, I will just stop reading it and go to the next thing. How have you dealt with social anxiety? Still dealing with it. (laughs) I guess just kind of reminding myself that not everyone is judging everything I do and say at all times. It's just me. It's kind of the same thing as as like social media expectations in my mind. Because, you know, I, I think social anxiety for me stems from like the fear of people just picking apart everything that I'm saying, doing, you know, experiencing. But then I remind myself that I'm never doing that to another person. Like I'll never be critical. I'll never be as critical with someone as I am with myself and just kind of like drilling that into my brain and being like, every time you say something dumb, people aren't going to, you know, make that your whole entire view of you. Like my worst qualities are not the first thing people perceive of me. And I'm kind of trying to like understand that and, you know, be able to let my guard down a little faster with people because in the past, it definitely takes a while for me to warm up to people. And then once I warm up to someone, like I'm good, but it just, it's like that first initial, like breaking the boundaries and like chipping away at the wall that I've built. (laughs) Yeah. How have you found that with like making friends and dealing with new people? Cause you're meeting so many new people every week. That has definitely been a struggle for me. I was actually talking about this yesterday with my boyfriend because this industry is so based on connections and just like developing these authentic, real relationships. And I was kind of saying like, I'm a little sad that I've been here for two years and I have sessions with new people every single day, but I haven't really made too many new friends. Like people I would call to hang out with, not regarding work and just like get a coffee with. Like I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that with most people. But I think that's really more reflection on me and my comfort levels than it is on the relationships I've been making. I would never think to just reach out to someone that I'm not already super tight with and be like, hey, let's hang out. But probably if I did that, I would be able to hang out with more people and I would like be making those friends. But it's just that initial like fear of rejection or you know, judgment where even if I want to hang out with someone or I'm like, wow, that person's awesome. Like I should really get to know them more. It's actually following through with the getting to know someone thing that I'm not great at still and definitely need to work on. (laughs) Something I've found with making really good connections with people is not just like while you're at work with them, like asking them questions about them and like asking them about what they're doing, asking them things that are aside from work, making conversation. And you can kind of gauge if someone's into it or not. There's some people who are like strictly like, nah, you're here to sing. That's it. 
sit down on the mic. I don't know how it works in a studio, but that's what I assume <laughs> it is. I don't know. Um, there'll be some people that will ask you and they'll respond and then you can kind of gauge. I feel like there's also this very like awkward interaction sometimes where like, obviously we can help each other as people in our careers and like the sim- in similar industries and stuff. I'm always so happy and fine if like a friend or like a kind of friend, like an acquaintance or something like sends me a text or a DM or something. It's like, Hey, can you use my song in a video or something? Of course. Like, yeah, thanks for reaching out. But I can never do that to people. Oh my goodness. I would rather walk on glass than ask someone to use my song in a TikTok video, even though like, I'm sure that my acquaintances and friends would be happy to, I just can never bring myself to ask that of someone else. You know what I mean? And that's not great for career stuff. But I also just never want to make it like seem like I'm trying to become friends with someone for their aid in music. I agree. Like it's hard to ask for help or I'm like, no, I'm going to do this myself. I'm going to blow this song up myself. You don't want to be a burden. It's so awkward. How have you, Salem, been able to like get really good quality friends? It's so funny. My boyfriend planned this like extravagant birthday surprise for me. One of the parts of the day, it was like a multifaceted day. There was many different activities. One of them was like a brunch, like a girl's brunch, like just my girlfriends. And he asked me like a week before he was like, Hey, who are your 10 closest girlfriends? I was like, I can't even name 10 people that I'm close with. 10 closest girls. I was like, I I literally struggled. Like I couldn't name 10. I look at that as a positive in my personal life because I am very bad at responding to people's texts. I have 1,390 unread messages. And that, my friends, is what I call social anxiety. (laughs) Remind me not to text you ever. Whoa, yeah, I was going to say. This is the thing. I have left my own grandma on read before by accident. (laughs) And it breaks my heart. It's so sad. I'm like, I really want to talk to you, grandma, but I'm so bad at responding to people. So for me, if I actually, if I have too many people in my life that I care about at one time, I start to get stressed because I don't know how to maintain close connections with like a ton of people at the same time. My whole theory is that I talk to people when I see them and when I'm with them in person, I don't really text. How do you get to the point of seeing them in person? That's a great question. Well, like for my very close friends here, we have like a little group chat and whenever I want to see them, like we must hang, let's hang. And then like, I'll respond for like scheduling a hang. Um, Especially if I'm the one who reaches out or like, I'll give them a FaceTime or something and be like, let's hang out. But over quarantine, when that couldn't happen and I literally couldn't see these people, I would be so bad at just like maintaining the friendships. So I felt like once the world opened up a bit, I really had to like do the work and put in the time and energy to like talk to my friends and be like, I'm so sorry that I, you know, abandoned you. Yeah. I feel like like I used to play webkins a lot at, or like club penguin and stuff. I feel like I would just like left all of my webkins to like fend for themselves for like a year. And I'm like, you know, you log back in and they're all like malnourished. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Basically that was me with my friendships. They were all like, hanging on by threads. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely need to work on that. Um, but that is mainly why I am glad that I have a very tight knit group that is smaller of close friends. So when I left high school, I had like a year of when, um, and it was actually when I was doing like a bunch of touring and stuff. 
I think I didn't have the right people around me at that point. And like quickly, I've realized that I didn't spend anywhere near enough time on relationships. When things hit rock bottom and I wasn't enjoying life, things do have to hit that point and they will hit it for everyone. And that's not something to be scared of, but to embrace and learn from. I think like from that period, I kept like my one best friend because he was good energy. Like he would lift me up. It took me like a year to like refine my group. And some of those people were actually from my high school. Like a lot of the people I hang out with are from my high school. I just... Good dudes. Yeah, I just wasn't friends with them as much in school or like I was friendly with them. So I would say like just surrounding myself with people who, you know, think of me like I think of them. I'll send them a text. How are you going? And they'll do the same for me. How do you find a good balance between music and life? I don't know if I have a good balance, to be honest, because it's definitely mostly music. So like, okay, time to learn how to do other things, just rapid fire, you know, cooking, painting, etc, working out. And like, I found what I like. So now I have like this little arsenal of things that I enjoy doing. I got a stationary bike, which is right there. And I love it. And I do it every single morning just because it gives me energy for the day and like clears my mind. And I love it. You know, that's something that I can do besides music and kind of set aside time in my life to do. Same with boxing. It's a recent thing that I've taken up because I had some pretty bad rage issues halfway through the quarantine. I don't know if it was the isolation or getting a dog or what. Something just like snapped and I would have these like crazy mood swings where I'd be fine, super chill. And then all of a sudden I would just like get so angry for no reason and just like explode. Whoever was in my path, usually my poor boyfriend would have to like bear the brunt of that. And I felt so bad. Boxing has like been my outlet to just like get all of that out. So, you know, in the morning, sometimes I can just like, I got a heavy bag in my apartment. So I just like... It's just your you boyfriend know. in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he actually has the pads. So sometimes we'll like spar with each other. Love that. Wholesome. That's cool. Yeah, it like really, really helped me though. So yeah, I kind of just find ways to like integrate those things into my life. The morning workout, even if it's not like doing that much for my health and well-being, it's like more for my mental health, honestly. Like I don't care if I, you know, burn a certain amount of calories per day. It's really just, I need to work out in the morning because it clears my head and it gets all of my rage and bad feelings out. And then I can start my day. I love that answer. That's awesome. Well, Salem... Just want to say a massive thank you. You've been thank amazing you to have. Guys. This was so fun. I can tell you're just a really genuine person. So thank you for being honest. And yeah, just thank you for your time and your insight. I always feel my favorite thing about these is I always feel lighter after doing them. Like there's just something about it. Like I think connecting and talking about something so personal too. I want to finish with one last question. If you could work on any part of your mental health right now, what would it be? I think overall anxiety is always something that I'll be struggling with and working on, especially just with everything that's going on in the world. I tend to have like lots of existential dread and obviously the last two years have been really full of that. Um, So kind of just learning how to compartmentalize things and realize that, you know, there are some things that I cannot control and the world will keep on spinning. And if it doesn't, I also can't control that. Yeah, that's something that I'm always trying to work on. I want to hear your answers too to this. <laughs> oh, okay. Mine's easy, self-love and not being codependent. And I found that with my emotions can sometimes be attached to other people, which isn't healthy. That's very honest. And I appreciate that. I'd say for me, it's faith. 
something I'm really learning and I'm grateful for trusting that everything will be okay. And sometimes I have periods of that, of like really peaceful trust in the universe. And like, I believe in angels that are looking down on us and I just trust that. And other times I find it really hard to like, just trust that things are going to work out. I love that. Thank you. That's cool. We're so excited to, to see you continue to kill it in the years to come. Thank you. Likewise. What a conversation. How'd you find that, Harrison? I think it was really interesting personally. Like my biggest takeaway from the conversation was how as humans and as people, we set expectations for ourselves based off what we've done previously. For me, even with my work, I look at what I've done, what I'm doing right now. And if it isn't as good as what I was doing six months ago, I'm going to judge myself on that and think I've kind of failed in a sense because I'm not as good. And I know Salem talks about this as well with her blow up song, Mad at Disney and having that pressure to have every song be like that song. But like life's not like that. It's not going to be like that. You're not going to have every song or every moment be this viral, amazing moment. There are going to be hard moments. There are going to be amazing moments. And that's the beauty of it. If every moment was at that level, then none of them would ever be amazing because that would be the new normal. Yeah. So I think the ability to feel amazing is the ability to feel that low points and those normal points, because how would you even know what amazing is then? That's the thing that we need to remind ourselves when we do have those times where things don't perform as well as we hoped, we keep in mind that there will be a time that things perform the best that they can again. And I think that's what I've had to remind myself with social media, with my own work, with life as in general, is just to keep myself at a point where I know that the right thing will come eventually again that will serve me. What about you, Will? Yeah, well, I think it's interesting because every time that I've had a viral moment or reached a place where I thought I would be very fulfilled, it's almost like chasing like a carrot. If you're a bunny, it just keeps moving. The carrot just keeps going forward. And I think the same with us as humans. It's always greener on the other side and there is never enough. All we have, we have more than enough right now in the present, but sometimes I think we get too caught up chasing things. And so when these moments happen that are meant to be so special, for instance, we've Salem having her song blow up, which is a huge accomplishment. It can be like, well, what do what am I meant to feel when this happens? I should be the happiest I've ever been, I think. What I would say is from those points of the viral moments that I've experienced, I would say it's helped me to hone in on my purpose. And I've realized that the process is the only thing we really have to enjoy and to be fulfilled by. The actual process of building up to those points where things are going great or you get that job is you know 95% of your time. So it's really important to spend that time on something that gives you purpose. That's what I've really found. And again, I think I was the most mentally strained during the times when I've had peaks of success. So it is pretty interesting. And hopefully for everyone listening, you can understand that maybe some of the goals you have, or maybe when you look at a person like Salem, who's achieved so much success, hopefully you have drawn back the curtains a bit to unpack actually the reality of her life. We don't want to have fantasies. We want to help people by showing the struggles that stars, musicians all go through, even though we put them on a pedestal. So just remember that for the goals you are setting yourself. And yeah, with that in mind, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this conversation, please send it to a friend. Make sure to share it, subscribe, follow us and rate it five stars. We really think Salem's story is worthy of that. And yeah, message us on our socials at Really Mental Podcast if you found this helpful. All right, everyone, we will be seeing you next week with a very special actress, Tierra Scovby from the 
show Riverdale. So very excited for you to tune into that. We enjoyed having her on. It was an awesome chat. So see you then and have an amazing week. Even when you lose all hope, you go deeper than you've gone. Hold on till you can't no more. If you guys are struggling, Will and I aren't like professionals in this field. We're just telling our experiences through stories and kind of just sharing what we've been through. But if you are really struggling, we do highly suggest going to see a therapist and professional help because they will be the ones that can really help you in your situation. Yeah, of course. Feel free to share your stories with us and DM us. We want to know what you're going through, but make sure you take the time to speak to a professional because that's going to give you the most help. That said, we hope that these stories and the people we've spoken to can really help you on your journey to finding that right person, whether it's a therapist or that friend to talk to about it. Make sure you take the time to do that. Mm